was defensive tackle the worst positional group for the Dallas Cowboys in 2022? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we're talking defensive tackles today. I'm just going to ask you straight up, was this the worst positional group for the Cowboys last season? You know, it's funny because, like, literally yesterday we had a conversation about the edge group, and I'm pretty sure that you led the the conversation with, is this the best group that the Cowboys yep. have had? And I, I think it's, it's you know, you, you, you're probably similarly correct that the defensive tackle group, uh, you know, it, I, and I wouldn't say that they necessarily underperformed because I kind of actually feel like they may have overperformed, but still I, been the I, worst I group, you. right? Yes, yes. Um, I agree. I think that, you know, as far as just top to bottom talent and, and, and you know, areas of need where they, there's improvement that, that needs to be kind of injected to, uh, I think you've got – one guy that you feel really, really good about another guy who may not even technically play the position that you feel pretty good about. And then a couple guys who you felt like did an admirable job, but you feel like there's also some pretty severe room for replacement. All right. So I'm just going to ask you this right off the top. Who was their best interior defensive lineman last season? I mean, without a doubt, like it was Odigizua, right? Like I I think – I, I, to me, uh, go ahead. I, I mean, right. I think he's obviously the most valuable player long term. Yes, I think you know, just on a on a play by play basis, whether it's versus the run or versus the pass, I just think that he played the most consistently throughout the season, and uh, you know, was was definitely the most valuable defensive interior piece. I'm interested to hear who, who you say. I think Carlos Watkins, especially at the end of the season, yeah, uh, you can make a case. I, I don't. I just don't think it's a runaway. I think by the end of the season, Osa and Carlos Watkins were pretty similar. Hmm. I, I'll, I'll I'll give you this. I think that Carlos Watkins is number one in my running for most surprising Dallas Cowboy. Last I hundred percent agree. I, I I think this the way he was playing at the end of the year. I and I definitely you know I think the difference between for me is that Osa was good throughout the season. But, and I right. think yes. Watkins is like in spurts. But I you're you're definitely right in the sense that when Watkins was on at the end of the year, he was playing as good as as Odigizua. So I definitely will give you that. I, I guess you and I can both the headline here is Marcus and Landon very shocked on how well uh, yes. uh, he was playing at the Carlos Watkins was playing at the end of the year. All right, well let's start. Let's start with Osa because yeah. he is the most valuable defensive tackle uh, in this unit, right? He's he's the guy that's I think we have the highest hopes for. I thought he took a pretty big step up in year two, yeah, I like so I just all over the board, like as a pass rusher, as a run defender. I gotta admit, I was really really impressed with the step that he made. Excited about him long term. 
Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure then then I I see, just see that he won some award for most improved defensive lineman or something like that. So and I and I think it was fitting, you know, like uh, it he, was it was from Pro Football uh, Focus. They they ranked every team's most improved player this year. It was also Digizua for the Cowboys. And, and I definitely agree. You know, I think that if you talk about like just the jump that we were expecting and the jump that we got, I think that that he got he did it. Like you know, like he he made that leap. Uh, you know, four sacks this year. I, I kind of just based on watching his tape, you would have thought it was more just because he was around the quarterback so much. And, and honestly of those four sacks, I, I, I feel like he must've had at least three half sacks, right. Where he, where like, you know, yeah. there's just lots of times where he was with arriving at the quarterback at the same time as somebody else. Uh, but beyond that too, just, you know, the thing that really excited me about him when, when he came out and when we talked about him as a rookie is he's explosive. He can get off the ball, but he's got the, that wrestler background, you know, that that really helps with his leverage. And despite being probably not even 290 pounds, he yeah. plays with such incredible leverage that, you know, even he doesn't get pushed back at the rate of, say, a – uh, Neville Gallimore yeah, or, we'll you know, some of these other guys. Bit. Yeah. So I, I think that the, the ability to not only be a pass rush threat and be one of the few defensive tackles that they're not taking off the field to, to reduce a defensive end to, to, to rush instead. Um, I, I think added in with how well he played against the run. It was a, a pleasant surprise. And, and I think it was, was much needed for a Cowboys defensive line that, that needed interior pressure big time. What does he need to do to kind of take the next step? as a defensive tackle, because I think everybody can agree that he's just, he's a good player right now. What can he do to get to like the next tier of defensive tackles? I think if he needs to like, I mean, look, all these guys are doing this, but I think he needs to find a little bit more power. He needs to try to find, get a little bit more weight into him so that he can use some of that, uh, quickness with power and, and a little bit more to, to kind of get clean. I think there's times when he, uses his speed well and he gets into the gap, but he can't get off the block in time or he can't uh, separate from the offensive lineman the way he needs to. I feel like a little bit more strength and just a little bit more time in the weight room. I mean, he's, you know, he's coming into his fourth year so that that's, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a work in progress for a young player. But I think if he can gain some weight and especially in the lower body, you know, uh, that I, that it will kind of even further improve his game as far as, you know, being able to hold up against double teams, but also to be able to, like I said, separate a little bit more to kind of finish some of the plays. There were definitely, he got four sacks, but there are way more plays that you saw where he was the impetus of pressure that yep. flushed the quarterback out that even the quarterback, you know, ran for, you know, a couple yards or it was sacked by somebody else. So well, more I'll give strength will help him finish there. Perfect example. He had 26 hurries this year. That's two yeah. more than Dorrance Armstrong, who's really yeah. a, a pass rusher, right? Like, you're right. He was around the quarterback a lot. I thought by the end of the year, he was phenomenal. Like the, you go yeah. back and watch the two playoff games. He was so good. So yeah. if he can just get, I mean, 5% better as a pass rusher, add a little bit more power, miss a fewer amount of tackles, his tackle, miss tackle rates still really yeah. high. But we're, yeah. we're talking about a guy that could be a borderline pro bowl defensive tackle. Yeah. If he can just get better at the small things, there's a lot to like here. Absolutely. I, I think he has a bright future. I think this is a guy the Cowboys should make plans to keep around because uh, it's not it's not easy to find these guys. Uh, and I think he's still on the ascending uh, ascending part of his career. All right, let's talk about Carlos Watkins really quickly. Played 300 snaps this year. Um, I, I, he was one of these guys by the end of the season. It's like I kind of just want him and Osa on the field all the time together because that's their best defensive tackle pairing. 
Do you know who he reminds me of now? I've realized, and, and, and I mean this not just in playing style because they're not really similar in playing style, but as far as career goes, Ken Bishop. Well, it's, I was gonna say Terrell McClain. Oh, that's right? a good one. That's another because, one of our because right? he's a guy that like you signed him off the street. He wasn't like a huge street, you know, free, street free agent. But man, by the end of the year, he was one of the most important players on the yeah, team. Like true. you know, like the fact is, is that he kind of did what no one else on the team could do, which was be a truly good, solid two-way defensive tackle who could take on double teams, who could play the run well. I mean, look, when Hankins went down with his injury, we'll talk about Hankins in a second, uh, it was it was scary. The Cowboys were already bleeding running yards at a high rate at that point, and we weren't exactly sure what the answer was going to be. What, you know, more Bahana? Like, is, is he going to be able to fix this? And Watkins took his game up like a level and a half, uh, sp- specifically in the run in the run game, and played like a man possessed. And I think that that is what ultimately was able to kind of stabilize the run defense for that last part of the season that allowed us to kind of go on the run that was necessary to get us into the playoffs and where we were. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like again, in that sense that he's a guy that you want on the team that you, you, you don't appreciate enough until it's time to play the games and you watch the tape and you're like, man, Watkins is just doing the thing. He's just doing it. Like, and it, and it, and it works. And it, it, it's really impressive, honestly. I mean, I can't say enough about Carlos Watkins. I think maybe as a starter, it's a little bit too much for him, but like, if you have him playing 23, 24 snaps a game as a rotational defensive tackle, give me that. Yeah. Give me that all day. Like that's exactly what you want in a deep defensive line rotation. Love, love, love Carlos Watkins. Uh, really fun player. Um, let's talk, Landon, about maybe the not so fun players on this defensive uh, line. The ones that maybe were a little bit disappointing this year. All that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything and everything from money lines to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Landon, we've got some disappointing players to talk about now. Let's start with Neville Gallimore, a Mm third-round pick from 2020. I mean, I know a lot of people were hoping this would be the year that he – Broke yeah. out going into year three. We got this report. I remember the offseason, you and I talking about him gaining 18 pounds of muscle or whatever it was. And by the end of the year, he was a healthy scratch in the playoff games. What's going on here? Just not playing good football, man. Like, I, you know, look, I, there's not a lot of guys in this team that I'm going to speak about like this, but Neville Gallimore ain't it, man. Like, he's just, it's, it's, I, I like the guy. He seems like a good jovial guy. I've 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 hoped for him, you know, these last few years to kind of take a step, but it's like every single time we see anything from him positive, we see two to three things that are negative, right? Like it's whether it's him, 
I, I'm trying to think of that one play. I, and this again, this is a guy that's watched too much, too many Cowboys football snaps this season. But I, 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 there's there one, there's one play. I think it was against San Francisco where. You know, in the in the copy of the game, they there was a completion to a wide receiver down the field, and Neville Gallimore makes the tackle like fifteen to twenty yards down the field. And I think at the time, everyone was kind of like, you know, wow, good effort, Gall- Gallimore, great effort, way to get, get down there. And then when you watch the tape, what had actually happened is that he was driven so far back yep. off the line of scrimmage that by the time the ball had gotten to the wide receiver, I think it was an RPO. Right. I, I, the, by the time the got the ball had got the wide receiver, they had just basically, you know, blocked him into the passing lane, essentially. So and, and that's that's a lot of what you see with him, you know, is that anytime there's a, a double team opportunity, they're going towards Gallimore. And that the reason they're going towards Gallimore is because he has no answer for it. No, nothing. He's got. Nothing. He, he's know? probably in the wrong scheme, like a, a Rod Marinelli one gapping scheme where he's just getting up the field. But uh, even then, he's going to face double teams. He's not going to be able I to know. slip through every single. Like, like that's the problem, right? Is that even in the one gapping aspects, when he's asked to do that, he's not producing at a high enough level as a one gapping pass rushing defensive tackle agree. to even justify his his uh, roster spot. So. I don't know that a, a change in scheme is going to help him that much. I think it's it's just going to, you know, maybe he gets more opportunities to one gap. But again, it's like if you're not producing, even when you're being put in your optimal, you know, uh, scheme for your skill set, what are we doing here? Like, you know, it's it's I, I, I he really is one of these guys that I feel like they drafted and, you know, much like Hill, you know, previously. They're trying to get something out of him, but I, I think they've got, they've got to come to the realization that they're just they're not going to get anything. And they did. I thought I thought Tristan Hill was playing better football. Well, than we'll that, get to him in the yeah. Well, I think they did come to the realization, right? Like when you get into yeah. a playoff game and he's a healthy scratch, kind of tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Now the Cowboys uh, should mention this really quickly off the top. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he ranked as the 119th interior, interior defensive lineman last year seventh worst in the NFL. Um, the Cowboys can release him this offseason and save $2.7 million against the cap. I, I don't know if there's much of a decision there. there. I mean, it just seems like oh. you could I'd, – I'd rather prioritize Jonathan Hankins, who we haven't gotten to yet, and Carlos Watkins than Neville Gallimore because going into year four, I just I don't see it happening. I mean, forget the money. I just don't want the, the the opportunity cost to be lost on him anymore. You need other defensive tackles out on the field. Like, just stop putting him out there. Yep. Yeah, cut him. Get somebody else. Well, I, again, I feel for the just, guy, but it's just he's such a liability. Yeah, right. Field. That's the thing is it, you can find somebody in free agency that's going to give you more at a cheaper price, and I, I yeah. fully expect the Cowboys to do that. We should mention Tristan Hill because he was somebody that was on the roster at the beginning of the year. He was playing a lot of snaps. And then the Cowboys had a lot of roster decisions to make midway through the season. He was the guy that got released, not uh, not Gallimore. Neville Gallimore. Um, again, that's a second-round pick that you used in 2019 on a guy that didn't even make it through his rookie contract. Yeah, I, I, I mean, not that it's a huge mistake because I feel like both of these guys probably would be off the team by the end of this offseason anyways. Uh, but I kind of feel like they probably should have kept Hill and, and cut Gallimore at the time. Um, 
I, I mean, I guess it doesn't make a difference. They could bring know? Hill back. He's a free agent. Yeah, I, I don't know that like you, you you quite needed to keep him that much. But no, I think I, as I, far I, as yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, look, I look. They they had two busts at defensive tackle, and defensive tackle is a problem for this team. You yeah. know, it's yeah. it's, and I don't, and I think that there's a lot of. Uh, hand wringing about the Cowboys not investing enough in the in, in defensive tackles and in, in, in not prioritizing it in the draft, but I think we're seeing why they you know they don't love doing it. it's because they haven't been great about picking them so far. Um, I, obviously, mean Osa, you, you stop trying though. You've got no, 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 absolutely not, trying. absolutely not. I, and I, I'm not you know I'm not trying to uh, uh, you know uh, allow them to, to get away with this. They do need to keep investing here, and they do need to invest high picks uh, because these are planet players, right? Like the, yeah. the, these are guys that there's not a ton of the guys on the planet that are, can play that athletic at 300 plus pounds. So you, you, you need to invest, you know, in these guys because they're hard to find, but you can see why they're the Cowboys are hesitant because they've struggled to find what they need previously. Now I would do two of these picks were, I mean, the, the two guys we're talking about, uh, well, well, one of them was a big, uh, uh, Marinelli guy, Gallimore, yep. you know, also kind of drafted by a previous DC that's no longer like here. Yep. So I, I do think that 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 you know there there is some opportunity to kind of reset the board here and maybe maybe don't bring in the def- the, the the coach as much to kind of yeah. or maybe you just trust this coach more than you've trusted the which previous you coaches. Do it, yeah. Which pro- you probably should, but I, I think the Cowboys. I understand why the Cowboys are a little bit gun shy here because they have not had a ton of success drafting defensive tackles the way that they have other positions. We'll talk about the plan and how the Cowboys can improve yeah. their defensive tackles in just a second. I want to run through just a couple more guys. Like, Let's do like yeah. 15 seconds on each of these guys. I know that's yeah, not really fair it. to all of them, but uh, Jonathan Hankins, who was acquired via trade, played seven games for them. I think he worked out great. You know, Just exactly what they were looking for. Not a, t- not a, a huge revelation, not a huge disappointment. I think they got exactly what they paid for. I would be interested in bringing it back if he's interested in coming. Hundred percent. If he wants to continue to play football, I'll bring him back and give him twenty snaps a game. Yeah. Not a problem at all. Uh, Quentin Bohana. I, you know, look, I, I, I still have hopes for Quentin. I, I, I think that he's there. He's shown flashes at times, but he has got to improve his tackling. Like that's really it. Or yeah. there's just so many times when I see him making the play, doing the hard part. And then not finishing, not, not making yep. the tackle in the hole or letting a running back bounce off of him. He's got to finish a little bit more. Uh, I have I have hopes that he can improve this year if he can fin- clean that up. I did think he got better in year two, yeah. but I've got a feeling the Cowboys are going to add some more defensive tackles and free agency in the draft. He's going to need to have a heck of a training camp to kind of keep his roster spot and keep his spot in the rotation. Not a guarantee to be back. No, nope, sure. not a guarantee yeah. at all. Uh Chauncey Golston, who we actually talked a little bit on yesterday's show, he did play a lot as like a four eye. Uh, but just thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, I think he's a valuable, versatile piece. Uh, you, you love having these kind of down roster guys who can play multiple positions and actually give you juice, not just be a body. Uh, so I, I, I think Golston is you know another guy that we're going to keep a, a real eye on this year. See see how his body changes because he may be someone that you end up seeing a ton more snaps yep. in the defensive tackle position. Uh, if he can kind of get his body in a spot where he could handle that kind of load. He played 278 snaps last year. I wouldn't be shocked if that doubled. Next oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. But if he's playing 600 snaps. So keep an eye on Golson. We, you know, at the end of the year, if you remember, Marcus and I were calling for a rotation of Watkins, double O, and then uh, Golson, and yep. giving those three guys as many of the snaps as they can handle and then portioning out the rest to whoever they need to. Yep. All right, so how should the Cowboys improve this interior defensive line room in 2023? All that and more next. All right, Landon, let's talk about how to fix this group. Um, Obviously, you've got one starter that you really like, some rotational guys that you like. What's the best plan to fix this unit? Well, I'd like to say just up front, too, that like – Despite the fact that this is like we're claiming this is, and I feel like it is the worst position group on the team, the improvement between this this year and last year is marked. Like they played much better football this year. So I think, you know, to kind of continue that course, I'm hoping to see another jump from Odigizua. We're hoping to see Golson take a step. I think, you know, re signing Watkins is kind of, you know, we like him, but that's not going to move the needle. Keeping, no, I don't think he's going to have a big market either. Like it feels. I would be shocked if he's not on the team next year. Uh, the, the ta- you know what it is is that you need a talent injection at the top, honestly. Exactly. So, so yeah. I think they need to find someone in the draft or someone in free agency that can give them some some more uh, uh, either fortify the center of the of the run defense a little bit more and get someone who can push the pocket. Or another guy that can be a pass rusher who can also play the run as well, so you don't have to feel like you have to take them off the field. You know, I—I I, I mean, not to get into specific names, but obviously the name that I keep seeing and I keep gravitating towards is that uh, Pittsburgh uh, defensive tackle. But my, but my concern is that you know he's Can't like. See. Can't see, he's Canty. like yep. 275 pounds or whatever, right? Yeah, I don't so, know if you can play Osa and Canty together. You're you're talking about being the smallest defensive tackle room in the league by and that, and I guess that's what I was getting to get at is that I feel like the Cowboys, if they're going to draft or sign a defensive tackle, they need to get somebody who is a little more stout. But but you know, if you're going to invest, you want a stout guy who can push the pocket at least and maybe rush rush the passer. And if you're going to get that, you're probably going to have to draft them in the you know day one, day two. Yeah. And it's just not really that class, especially if you're at 26. Like, go look at the history of drafting defensive tackles in like the late 20s. Those guys don't fall very far for good reason. Like, if you're a big you know athletic freak who gets to the quarterback a lot in college, you're going top 10. Like, it's just yep. how it works. So, probably means the Cowboys are going to look to free agency. I mean, the name that everybody mentions is Deron Payne. I would be shocked if he hits the open market. I would be Me even too. more shocked. If the Cowboys gave out $20 million a year to a defensive tackle. So it's like, okay, find a guy that's going to be somewhat cheap that can help you, you know, improve your pass rush. Is it like a, a Sheldon Rankins who's 29 years old? Is it a Taven Bryan who hasn't worked out anywhere or a Jerry Tillery? I mean, it's tough. It's why it's this, this is a really hard position to fix. I'm trying to remember. Was Taven Bryan the three technique at Florida when Quinn yes. was the coach? That's something. Uh, I don't. Mind. I don't think Dan Quinn was a coach there, but um, he he was in that well, the Leighton Vanderash draft, 2018 draft. So maybe a year after Quinn had left or something maybe. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm just wondering if there's any history there. Um, yeah, and, and again, I think a lot of the guys that you just mentioned too are. You know that's that's the issue, right? Is that the Cowboys need help uh, at the pass rush from the interior, but they also need help, you know, to kind of get some more stout players against the run. 
I think for the pass rush, the Cowboys feel like they can solve a lot of that with, you know, reducing defensive ends. Yep. So that yep. can at least mitigate the situation. But I think that that's only goes so far, right? And I think that you ultimately, at the end of the day, you still need multiple pass rusher defensive tackles who can get to the quarterback. Now, maybe that's Chauncey Golson. Maybe Golson, you know, can, maybe. can do that and rush the passer on a regular basis. And you kind of truly have, you know, some pass rusher defensive ends, some run stopping defensive ends, and then Odigi Zua, who does both. That could, that could be a way that you could improve the roster without having to add major you know, money talent to the, the group. Having said all of that, it just makes more sense to try to bite the bullet and invest in the position, right? Like, well, and that's why I want, I'd like to see the Cowboys think of creative ways to solve this problem. Trades because, or something. Trades. Yes, exactly. Because those guys aren't hitting free agency and they're not falling to you in the draft. And we know how long it takes these defensive tackles to work out. Like Quinnen Williams was one of the best defensive tackle yeah. prospects that I've ever seen. It took until year four before he yeah. started to play at that level. So explore the trade market. Like, are the Colts interested in paying DeForest Buckner $29 million, Or sorry, $21 million at age 29? Kind of in a rebuild? Maybe not. What about the Buccaneers, who are $58 million over the cap? Are they interested in maybe moving on from Vita Vea? Those are the kind of things I'd like to see the Cowboys explore. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to have to because the the kind of more traditional routes of getting the defensive tackles, as we just discussed, they may not have the answers. It's certainly not the price that we're looking for. So the Cowboys do need to improve their pass rush. I think that there are multiple ways that they can do it. I think that they need to avail themselves of multiple ways Yes, uh, and, and try to attack this from several different angles. Improvement, internal improvement, and finding a way to – create a situation where you could go out and get a defensive tackle who actually will move the needle for your win. Because let's say Dallas traded for DeForest Buckner. I know he's yep. 29, but he's still an awesome player. How much better are you feeling about their entire defense if it's DeForest Buckner and Osa as your defensive tackles with Carlos Watkins, Hankins, and Golston backing them up? All of a sudden, we're talking about a defense that legitimately could be number one in most categories this year. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, honestly, the the the, the dream here is that the, if there was some way to like put some sort of elite end t- defensive tackle onto this roster, yeah, now you're talking about getting to San Francisco 49ers defense level, right? Yes. Like where you have waves of depth in, both inside and outside of your defensive line, and you could just wear offensive lines out. So I, I also don't think it's a coincidence that like the last few Super Bowl winners were. The Chiefs with Chris Jones, the Rams with Aaron Donald, the Bucks with Vita Vea, the Chiefs with Chris Jones. Like you look at a lot of these teams are just absolutely loaded at defensive tackle. It is one of the positions the Cowboys have been the weakest over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I don't know if you mentioned with the Rams with Aaron Donald, but yeah, I mean just every all the way down for as far as you can go. Or the Eagles last year with Hargrave yep. and Fletcher Cox and I mean there's a million of those guys. It's they've this is the one position if the Cowboys can go from let's say below average to good, I think you could make a huge jump as a team. Maybe that's what th- you need to get over the top. I think Odigizua is in that kind of third tier of defensive tackles, right? If you could add a first or second tier, and, and, and at the top of that third tier, I think he's probably getting close to entering in that second tier. If you could add another second tier or first tier defensive tackle somehow, probably not a first tier. I mean, those, you're talking about Chris Jones, Aaron Donald. Like, you're you're you know, talking like the Dalvin Tomlinson type of guy. Yeah, right? like, yeah, or Payne. I mean, he's. I think he's in that, that category. He's, yep. Yeah, he's not going to probably make it. But if you could add someone of that ilk, 
to this line. Yes. Now you're, we're talking. You're, you're now you're turning a, a weakness into a strength, and 100%. now you're supercharging this defense. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. On tomorrow's show, we've got Brad Spielberger from Pro yes. Football Focus to come back and uh, talk a little bit about some of the Cowboy free agents, how much cap space they have to spend, uh, how much is Leighton Van Der Esch going to be in free agency, what's Tony Pollard's market look like, all that and so much more. So make sure you check it out. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time.